0: down through verses 33. numbers chapter number 13 verses 25 through 33 when you get there you can say amen. amen hallelujah and they returned from spying out the land after 40 years everybody say 40 years and now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron And all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruits. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Amnak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people. Before Moses said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report, or I like the King James Version that says an evil report, Of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. Everybody say giants. The descendants of Amnak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were In their sight. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning that your word is true. Father, we humble ourselves. We come with an expectancy to hear from you this morning. Father, I pray that I would tremendously decrease in your spirit, Lord, increase. I pray none of me, all of you, take these lips of clay, do what only you can do. You can use me, Lord. I come as your servant, and Father, these people have come to hear a word of the Lord. So I pray that you will speak, Father, loud and clear. I pray against every hindrance or anything that will uh, try to blind us to what you want to say to us this morning. I pray, Father, that there will be a receptivity of the people of God to hear the word of the Lord, thereby be changed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about. Facing the giants of your life. How many of you would say that you have some giants that you're dealing with? See, a giant represents something that is large and powerful. It displays as something that cannot be overcome. It represents a challenge. How many of you have ever been challenged in your life? I had, uh, when I was uh, in junior high school, there was a a gentleman who used to torment me day and night. He was called a bully. Now, there's been a lot of talk about bullies lately. And he used to bully me every day I came. And first of all, let me describe to you what this guy looked like. He, he was in the seventh, eighth grade, I believe, at that time. But he had a body like he was like, like 24. I mean, he had big muscles, at least in my eyes. And he used to wear that shirt, and I still could see that shirt. You ever see the Incredible Hulk? You know, how the Incredible Hulk wear that rip. His shirt, he's always, his shirt button was always like not even. And his shirts were always kind of like too tight. And it just never looked like it fit. And so every time he saw me, he would take my lunch. Or if I was doing some work at school, he would come and he would stick stuff in my ear. He would say all kinds of stuff to me, about me. And he just harassed me. Every time I saw him, there was just this anxiety that just built up in me. Because I knew that if I flinched just a little bit, the old boy could take me out. I mean, at that time, I was a scrawny guy. Now, I know it's hard for you to imagine that I was skinny at one point, but I really was. And so this one day, uh, you know, in school, they used to have this taboo. Now, they used to say, well, you you can talk about my buddy, you you can talk about my friends, but, boy, if you talk about my mama or something, you can't do that. So one day, I was in the classroom, and the teacher briefly stepped out, and... uh, And he just, he was talking, he kept bothering me, and he, and I don't remember all the context, but he said, your mama. (laughs) Now, at that point, I got to do something about this. I mean, now, mind you, I am terrified, right? And uh, everybody in the classroom went, ooh, and so what I did was, I, I, I said, I jump I said, okay, what am, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Now, I'm scared, because I'm really not, I don't want to do this. But everybody's looking at me like, ooh. And so I jump up, and I, I see these desks. They had those desks, you know, the little, and I throw the desk out of the way. And I stand, I go, you talking to mama. And I'm standing there, and I'm, but the whole time thinking, please, Lord, don't let this man kill me. And he just kind of sat there and looked at me and laughed. And I'm sitting and I'm standing up there and I am terrified because after he left, he looked at me. And he said, come on. And at that point, guess what happened? You know what I did? The teacher came and I got rescued. Hallelujah. <laughs> but let me say something that when I stood up to him at that moment, it was a shift in how he treated me the rest of the time. Now, I'm not going to say that he never, ever bothered me again, but he didn't bother me quite as much because he saw that I was willing to stand up to him. See, some of you, you're dealing with some giants. Maybe you got a financial giant. You look at that financial situation and you say, ain't no way. How am I going to get through this? Maybe there's a relational problem that you're dealing with. You're thinking, "Lord, I don't know how to fix this. I don't I don't know, God, how this is going to turn around. Maybe. It's some kind of physical illness that you're having to deal with. And you're thinking to yourself, gosh, I, I, I don't know. How am I going to get through this? But I, God sent me to tell you this morning that he is more than able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think. You remember the story about Peter walking on the water, do you not? Peter walking on the water. He said, Lord, bid me. I want to come. And Peter goes walking on the water, but he sees that wave. And to Peter, the more he stared at the wave, the bigger it got. And the bigger that wave got, he began to think that listen, the bigger the wave got, the smaller his God got. I want you to stay with me. Because many of us, we stare at our problem. If you stare at your problem too long, then you take God off the throne. And that problem's. Kind of becomes your God. And you say, well, Pastor, how can you say such a thing? Because you worry about it. You can't sleep at night. You're troubled. And the Bible says, be not anxious for anything, but in all things by what? Prayer, supplication, make your let your requests be made known unto God. So, so so in essence, then your giant kind of becomes your slave. And your God has been diminished in your mind. But how I mean, no, he's not really diminished? He is strong and he is powerful. See, when God sometimes asks us to do, do something, just like you remember Moses. God says, Moses, I'm, I'm calling you. I want you to go to Pharaoh. And, and what did Moses say? Lord, uh, are you sure you got the right guy? Um, you know, really, uh, I can't speak too well. You know, I, I'm really not. As if, as if God was somehow absent when he was created. As if God had kind of like, like, like God had forgotten that he made him. And God had to remind Moses, Moses God said, Moses, who, who made your mouth? How many know that it ain't never really, you hear us say this all the time, it ain't about your strength, it's about his strength. You know, when you become a believer, one of the biggest revelations that you can ever get, that you can do things way out, listen, things that you never could imagine because you have the authority and the power of God living on the inside of you. I want you to think of it this way, people. You know, that same resurrection power that got Jesus up out of that grave lives on the inside of every one of you who have been saved, set apart, and filled with his Holy Spirit. So you got, the Bible says that if God be for me, then who can be against me? So if I recognize the kind of, uh, many of us, we got a perception problem. We don't really realize who we are or, or we forget who we are. But when you get a revelation of who you are and, wh- and what God has created you to be and, and you know, and, and, and the power that lives on the inside of you, what do you have to fear? Why are you scared? What are you troubled about? Did he not say? That I will supply all your need. Did he not say I will never leave you nor forsake you? Isn't clear in the word that the whole earth and creation are held together by the word of his power? How many know that everything, everything has to bow down to the king of kings and the Lord of lords? You have that authority living on inside of you. Now what the devil does, he, he, he wants you to look at the giant. He wants you to look at the problem and, and he wants you to forget about don't, don't think about it. Forget about God. Forget about God. Forget about it. Forget about it. And, and you know what we do? We sometimes do. How you been doing, brother? Well, I ain't, I ain't been to church. Why you been to church? Because I've been just having a lot of problems. Did anybody miss? Well, what are you? you having a lot of problems, but you don't want to come to church. Why aren't you in fellowship, brother? Well, you know, I've just been dealing with some issues. Got some problems. Got some issues. Well, it seems like to me that if your God is who he says he is, you ought to be connected with your God. Anytime the church door open, anytime that there's a mention of God anywhere, I want to get where he is. Because that's my hookup. That's my power source to be able to do great exploits for God. How many of you want to do great exploits for God? I don't want to live an ordinary Christian life. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I don't just want to listen. I don't want to have, watch this now, a grasshopper mentality. Now, in this story, or in this truth, in the scripture, in this passage of scripture, God had promised the children of Israel. He said, "Here's, here's what the deal. I'm going to give you a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to bless you. Moses told A representative from each tribe, he sends out 12. They're like operating like the CIA. So I want you to go over to the land of Canaan, the land I'm going to give you. And here's what I need you to do. I need you to get me some intelligence. I need to know how many people. I need to know how strong they are, how weak they are. I need to know the lay of the land. I need to know its fruit. I want you to bring me about some evidence about this land. Will you guys go out and do that for me? Now Moses wasn't asking that because he was afraid. Moses was asking that because he knew that they were going to go in there and kick some tail. Pardon the expression. That's what Moses was thinking. But the 12 spies go in. And 10 of them come back with a bad rapport. Now there was two had a different spirit. Everybody said a different spirit. Oh, gosh, I'm, I'm just, I just can't contain myself. I'm about ready to blow up. He had a different spirit. And so they come back, and you would think that they would be partying and thanking and blessing God for the land that God is deba- to. How I mean, when God gets ready to bless you, he knows how to bless you. Come on, somebody. God knows how to bless you. And, and, so, and so let's take a look at this for a moment. Let's, let's kind of extrapolate some truths from this. See, the first thing is that, understand that the 10 who came back, they didn't believe. They came back, they said, we can't, we can't really do this. We're not strong enough. How many know that somebody forgot to tell them? It's almost like they forgot that God was the one that brought them where they were. And all of a sudden, you can't do this? Well, you never could do that. That's right, where you were, God put, how many can testify to where I am today? God put me here. God, yeah. somebody say, but God. But, but God. Yeah. I have some issues. That Yeah, I, I, I can't, God, where I am today, I'm blessed, I'm highly favored. How did you get there? God decided to bless me. It's nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with you. It just has to do with him. You got to remember that because when you're going through a trial, when you're facing a giant, you tend to forget that it was never really about your strength. It's about him. And God is stronger than your weaknesses. See, that ought to bring some encouragement to you, because how many got some weaknesses? Yeah, we all got some weaknesses. But God is stronger than that. His power is perfected in our weakness. Now watch this. The first thing is that They saw their giant as a problem that could not be overcome. When you see a giant in your life, how do you view that giant? How do you view that problem? How do you view that situation? Because when the 10 spies saw it, they looked at it, and instead of having a positive perspective, their first thought was, can't do it. I mean, these people are too big. They're too strong. See, they were focused on the giant. You see, whenever you try to do something outside the power of God, you try to do it in your human strength, at some point you're going to crash. It's just a matter of time. I'm telling you, you want to be walking under the anointing, you want to be in the spirit. And so they saw their giant as a problem that could not be overcome. You see, one of the things about a giant is it's okay. How many know that you need to recognize your giant? We don't deny. You know how they used to say in the, in the faith movement that, you know, I'm not sick. They said you just do a positive confession. I'm not sick. You're sitting there throwing up, puking. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm not sick you, because the word of you sick. You're throwing up. All right. You look at the checkbook. It looks bad. OK, it's in bad shape. But it's not that that reality don't say that we deny the problem. We just uh, we look at it through the eyes of faith. We say, yeah, this is a problem, but God will bring me through what I'm going through. You see, fear and doubt look at the obstacles. You see, they look at the obstacles, but but those that walk in faith, they look look at it as an opportunity for God to show himself strong on your behalf. Now watch this. Number two, second point. God oftentimes, when God calls you to do something, it's going to be bigger than what we can do in our own strength anyway. You know why God does that? So that no flesh with glory in his presence. God, you, know, you know how the human nature is. I know you guys not like that. You don't want no glory. I know you're humble. You love the Lord. You love the Lord. But you know, part of human nature is that we, we want the flesh want the glory. Come on. Flesh always want to get the glory. And so Paul said it this way. I beat my flesh every day. I make it subject. At least I myself might become a castaway. And so we're always dealing with the fleshly appetites, you know, whereby, whereby, whereby we 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 want to we want to be recognized. God, what did, what, did, what did Moses tell the children of Israel in the book of Deuteronomy? He said, now, now, right before they went into the land of promise. He said, now, before you go in, we need to have a history lesson. You need to remember who gave you power to get wealth. Don't you get in, don't you forget who blessed you. The land that you're about to go into, how I'm going to bless you, it, it didn't have anything to do with you. Not really. But he said that you were a stubborn people. <laughs> Either you were obstinate, you wouldn't listen. But, but I want you to remember Look at David say, remember, remember, don't forget who it is that bless you. Next point in verse number 30, look at verse 30. It says, except for Caleb, the son of. Jeff and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I will make you dwell in. What verse I said? I said verse 30? Where am I? I am. Oh gosh, I jumped over. The, okay, here we go. Then Caleb, there we go, quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Now, what was the problem? Now, understand this. Caleb saw the same giants that the others saw. What was the issue, though? One had a whole different perspective in what they saw. Are you tracking with me? So, so now, Caleb understands something. Stay with me. Caleb had been with these guys for 40 days. They had been spying out the land. So he already knew what kind of spirit they were of. So all the, if you look at the context of, this, of the verse... All they're doing is telling Moses what they saw. But the scripture says that Caleb quieted the people. That's a neat way, a spiritual way of saying shut up. Caleb was saying basically y'all just need to shut up. Listen, let's go take possession. We are well able to overcome this thing. Understand what what Caleb was saying. He heard that unbelief and that doubt. How many know the unbelief and doubt, you just got to shut it up. Come on, you can't be hanging around, stuck around a bunch of people who won't believe God for anything. Don't tell me how wonderful your life is. Tell me what you had to go through. Tell me what you had to believe God for. Tell me when you were in a tough situation and God got you out and you stood up in faith and you did not relent. But you pressed forward and you persevered. Caleb, Caleb said, y'all just need to shut up. Let's go take this. But they kept thinking, oh, the, the, the giants though. They're just too big. The sons of Amnak are there. I don't know who Amnak is, but it must have been some bad jokers. Because then he kept talking about Amnak, Amnak, and the, all these big guys. But how many know God created Amnak? <laughs> how, how many know God knows who Amnak God, God, God said I'm how many know when God said I'm gonna give you the land? Right. I'm gonna give you the land. Ain't no ain't no need to try to d- debate it. If God says I'm going to give you land of promise. You don't need to. There's no more debate. At that point, it's thank you, Lord. We're going to take the land. Don't worry about what it looks like because the Bible says the just shall live by what? Faith. That's why the Bible says you might live by faith. You don't go by what you see in the natural. The just shall live by faith. So then what you see is not your reality. You got to see through the spirit. And if God made you a promise, or if God says something in his word is going to happen, you best believe it's going to happen. And God said, I'm going to give you the land. They should have said, Lord, thank you. We're about to get this wonderful land that is flowing with milk and honey. And it's a great one." Thank you. They should have been shouting and jumping up. But the team was sitting there. Oh, no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, gosh. What was wrong with him? They lack faith. See, Caleb had a he had a different spirit. I want to ask you a question this morning. Are you a giant or a grasshopper? Are you a giant or a grasshopper? Caleb, see, it it goes back to you knowing who you are, because when you get saved, when you become a believer, uh, trust me, a lot of Christians don't really know. They don't really know who they are. They don't understand it. And that's why you got to teach. That's why we have discipleship classes, so that you can get a revelation, so that you can walk in the power and the authority of who God made you to be. If God be before you, who can be against you? Now, interesting thing here. Watch this. He says that the doubters, I call them doubters, the ten, they brought back an evil report. The New King James Version says a bad report. But the King James Version says an evil report. Now, you will think to yourself, what's so evil? But I'm just, kinda, I'm just a little nervous. God understands. I'm just a little scared. You know, the Bible says that without faith, it's impossible. Do you know what? Do anybody need me to define what impossible means? You know one of the things I learned about God and walk with him these 20 plus years? Here's what I learned. If you feel sorry for yourself, that, that don't move God. Your tears don't move God. I'm sorry. God knows some of you, you can cry it up. Uh, you know, your pity parties, it never moves God. And so you sitting back, you're thinking, oh God, oh no, nobody cares. And God, I'm just I'm getting left behind. Don't God, God, He said, You're evil. They brought back an evil report. What was the evil report? They didn't believe that God could give them what he said he would give them. And God said it was evil. Unbelief is evil. It has its roots in demonic. In the demonic. Understand that. You know, Pastor, that's deep. Well, what is evil? What does evil come from? He said they brought back an evil report. and, and, And it ended up we will have time to go into it. It ended up that God, because, you know, God can't be, he can't deal with folks that don't believe him. God can do a lot of things, but you, but you got to, but you better, you better believe him. But a whole generation of people, 20 years and up of this group, died in the wilderness. They never got there. God says, because if you don't believe me, I can't do anything with you because you don't trust me. You've been crying, yeah. You feel bad. And you know, and, and every time, every time God kind of God would kind of talk to him and tell him, you know, try to get him right, they would say, okay, okay, we're gonna try to do it now. It don't work. Because God is not moved by unbelief. Faith is what moved God. God, listen to me. God is moved and motivated by people who believe him. Not by your tears, not by persuasive arguments, even. Not by manipulation. It got nothing to do with that. It. it has everything to do with, if this is what God said, I'm going to take him at his word. Well, I don't understand. That don't make sense to me. He didn't ask it whether or not it made sense to you. You died, you remember? you supposed to die when you became a Christian. If you didn't die, something. Okay? <laughs> not you. It's, it's about his power. Now, that should make us happy. Because... If you can walk in the authority and the power that God had, boy, you can do some wonderful things. I mean, you, we, we look at the word and we see these great guys, these great women. We see them do some awesome things in the faith. And, and that's why Paul said, I want to know in the power of his resurrection. Paul, got Paul said, I want to get to know him so that I can fellowship with his suffering. I want to know what it is to be raised from the dead. Paul wanted to tap into the reality of the power because he understood that this is real living when I die to myself and I let him be exalted in my life. And so if I'm letting him be exalted, then that means I'm believing what he said. Well, I can't. You don't understand, Pastor, what they did to me. I know you said I'm supposed to forgive and love it, but, but, but you don't understand. No, no. As, again, as if God don't know what that person did to you. Well, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I can't give. I don't want to give. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you say you were a Christian? Did you say you believe God? Why are you holding on to your money? It ain't yours anyway. Revelation is not yours. So if God says give, it should be given. you pressed down, shaking it out, running over. Then give. If God says 10%, 10% ain't no problem to you. It's 10% to me. It ain't mine anyway. But when we wrestle with, with God, we want to fight. We want to try to justify. And so we get the word and we twist it and we manipulate it and we take parts that we love. Y'all don't do that because y'all love the Lord. I'm talking about other people. <laughs> not, not this group. No. But I mean, you, know, you gotta come, you gotta reconcile in your mind if you're gonna believe what God's word says or not. It, it comes a point in time where the rubber meets the road where you gotta say, okay, am I gonna believe what God's word says or Am I gonna go out, am I, am I gonna go out into the deep? Am I gonna launch out into this thing? But, but you know, we like control, right? We like to kind of have a little bit of control. God, you just can't jump right in my life and just take all the way over. I mean, Lord, just let me, let me have a little bit. I'll give you. It's like we're holding the wheel like this. And God is trying to get our hand off. And we're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, God, wait a minute. Well, hold, 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 hold. I'm scared. God said, no, get your hand off the wheel. Trust me. I know how to drive. I made this thing. It's okay. It's okay. You can trust me. Get, get your hands off. Wait a, minute, God, wait a minute, God, wait a minute, God, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, it's no wait a minute. God is looking for people. He says, when I come back on the earth, am I going to find some people that believe me? He said, will I find faith on earth when I come back? Because he can't move with people who don't. He he killed off a whole bunch. They died in the wilderness. They died. And why did they die? They don't believe God. You would think, well, that's kind of harsh, God. Why didn't you let them go into the They just had a momentary slip. You know, they just had a momentary slip, God. Surely you could have, Just forgiving them, God, and just let them go. No, God said, no, I I can't, because the problem is they just won't believe me. That's the issue. I I can't use you if you will not believe me. Some of you say, well, I want to be used by by the Lord. You can't be used by the Lord until you make up in your mind that you're going to obey what he says. Or you will be stuck where you are. And you'll be going around in circles just like a children of Israel. Ever learning but never coming to a knowledge of the truth. You're stuck. Stuck, 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 stuck. Can't figure out why am I stuck in this place? Because you're still trying to deal with the elementary things. How many know it don't take a deep theological person to understand what obedience is? You know, well, I'm growing in the Lord. Okay. (laughs) You're growing in the Lord. Well, if you're growing in the Lord, it starts with obeying. Christianity 101. Oh, keep moving. Okay, y'all, I ain't getting too many amens, but now watch this. (laughs) That's OK. I love you all anyway. I'm gonna a priest's word. Now, watch, because it's going to set you free. Now, watch this. Look at this now. So they brought back an evil report and then watch the next one. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. Now, this is deep to me. Look at verse 33. We, we there. We saw the giants, the descendants of Amnak came from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. See, in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Now, watch this. Understand this thing. The Bible says that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you want to know what people think about you, how do you think about yourself? Because how you see yourself, because he says we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. In other words, the way we looked at it, we, we just couldn't do this. Because first of all, again, what is it all about? It's about, it's about them. See, they, they didn't have the God equation in there. They kept thinking about, in our sight, where does, we can't do it? Yeah, understood that. Not, listen, you can't do it. His strength is perfected in weakness. It, it, you know, this whole Christian life, that's what we're talking about. When you give your life to Jesus, I mean, this whole thing is a walk, walk of faith now. Everything in your life is supposed to change. That's why people get saved, and they ask them, when do you get saved? They say, I don't know. You don't know. Because... How can you not know when you got saved? Because that's a radical thing when you really get saved. Because it changes your whole dynamic, the way you think, the way you live, where you go, who you hang out with, the conversation, the way you walk, everything about your life changes. They had a grasshopper mentality. In other words, their giant is just too bigger than their God to take care of that problem. You say, well, I don't I don't have that grasshopper mentality. How I many of you have been worrying about stuff lately? How many of you find yourself can't go to sleep at night? How many of you find yourself speaking in doubtful terms? How many of you do things, but you act out of fear instead of faith? And anytime you act out of fear instead of faith, you're headed for disaster. Because the enemy always want to get you to move out of fear. Fear. Scared. Scared. But the Bible says that the righteous are bold as lions. And so, they bring back this evil report. They see themselves as grasshoppers. And because they see themselves as grasshoppers, they can't go in and take possession. How many, how many of you would say, and you don't have to raise your hand, but, but you know God has put something in your heart to do. And, and, and you won't step in and do it because you have a grasshopper mentality. I think this is what God is saying. You know what God is saying. You know what God is saying. You know God is saying. If you say, you know what he's saying. The question is, am I going to go and do? He says Abraham, I want you to leave everything. I'm going to bless you real good, but I'll show you when you leave. Many of us would be like, no, God show me ahead of time before I go. Don't work with God. He was, a, well, Pastor, can you give me some guarantees? I can't give you nothing. The only thing I can give you is what He say here. <laughs> you just have to come to a point. Well, I'm going to wait till my situation get better, then I'll obey God. Really? If you're serious about obeying God, you obey God where you are right now. Right. Amen. Don't wait till you're there. The Better is now. The day. Is, now was is the time for salvation. Today. Today. So watch so this. So not only that, did they have a grand grasshopper mentality? But look at Numbers 14, 3. You know what other kind of mentality they had? A victim mentality. Oh my God! It's getting worse, ain't it? I mean, it's getting worse. Now, why? Look at look at this. In uh, verse number three in the chapter fourteen of Numbers it says, "Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword?" Wait a minute. Who said anything about falling? They haven't cast, they haven't used their weapons. They haven't done anything. They have already been defeated. They already gave up before they even fought. They already. Said, why has God brought us out here to kill us? we ain't going to make it God we should have left us in Egypt now when you were in Egypt you were begging God to get you out God brings you out you have a tough moment you have a tough circumstance now you're thinking I want to go back you see how we do not you all people out there let's let's get that right All right. So, so why has the Lord brought us to the land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should become what victims Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? (sighs) Now, you all read that, and we think, that ain't me. If I was living back in those days, I mean, if I would have saw the Red Sea part, I would have believed God. If I would have saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead, I would have believed. How do you know God is smarter than you? And more than likely, you would have probably been like the majority. Because it's a whole other thing to sit here and read the book. But another thing, when you got to live it. When when it's it's all about, when you have to deal with it, you have to live through it. That's a whole different thing. Many people can stand up and they can preach a good game. You find a lot of preachers that can preach a whole lot better than me. They're out there. But show me somebody that had to believe God for something. That's living it. It ain't about what you say. It's about what you live. Come on. Amen. Watch. But look at look at Numbers chapter 14. Watch this. Numbers chapter 14. Look at verse number 24. And then I I don't think I have verse 30. I might have verse 30. She may have it on the screen. But my servant Caleb, there was Caleb and Joshua was two of them that had a different spirit. Because he had a, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, and has followed me fully. Now, how did he follow him fully? You may think, okay, that the brother was just perfect. He never made a mistake. No, he just believed God. That's what, that's what follow him fully means. God didn't have to sit there and try to debate with him on whether or not. See, God, God can put up with your inconsistencies. He can put up with your struggles. But he can't put up with your unbelief. Make sense? So watch. So he says, now... He says, my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. Look at verse number 30. Except for my, except for Caleb and the son of Jephthah and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you to dwell in. God says, God says, you can't, you can't get there. And then look at... Uh, Verses 11 and 12. at the same chapter. Then the Lord said to Moses, watch this. Now this is how God talks sometimes. Now understand, watch this. He says now, then the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me? And how long will they not believe me? With all the signs which I have performed among them, I will strike them with the pestilence and will disinherit them and I will make of you a greater and mightier nation than they. Now, their unbelief got God so riled up that God said, okay, I'm done with them. God was about, God was getting ready to destroy all of them. But then Moses interceded. How many know that's why it's good to have a good prayer ministry? <laughs> you need to have, listen, thank God for the, for the Moseses of the world, the folks that know how to intercede. Moses jumping in and said, no, no, God, don't, don't, don't take the whole, don't, don't kill everybody because then the folks out there are going to start saying that you, you brought them out, but you couldn't take them into their land of the promise. So, so God, don't, don't hold off. God says, okay, okay, I'm going to hold off. But, but, but their kids are going to go in. <laughs> but they're not going to go in because of their unbelief. So from 20 years old and upward, God waited 40 years for the, them to die. When they died, God said, now, I'm bringing your kids in. Simply because they did not believe God. Their giant, their giant was bigger than their God. <sighs> six, quick, six quick points. Now, you remember the story. Uh, turn with me. Turn with me. This is the last scripture we'll turn to. But turn with me to 2nd, I think 1 Samuel chapter 17. Now, how I many of you, I, you don't need me to go into the story about David and Goliath, right? You everybody knows that story. David was anointed by God to be the next king of Israel. Goliath was a champion. The scripture said that he was 10 foot tall. If you meet a brother 10 foot tall, <laughs> you know. I used to think Manute Bol, you remember Manuk Bol, he died? That guy was pretty tall. How tall? He was like seven, seven. I mean, he was, well, maybe I don't know, but he was like the tallest guy that I knew of. But Goliath was a champion. And Goliath was the champion of the Philistine army, and, and he, was, he made the whole army of Israel run from him. They were scared of him. See? And he says, okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal. If, if y'all got, just give me one person over there on that side that's willing to come and challenge me. And, and you know what? And, and, and if you beat me, then uh, uh, we'll be your servants. But if I beat you, which Goliath was pretty confident he do, he said, you got to serve us. So David, a little, a youngster, but he's anointed. See, for young people, understand something. You don't have to wait till you're 30 or 40 to serve God. You could be anointed right in your pampers. <laughs> You could be anointed. Taylor can be anointed right in her pampers. She will have to wait. Till the, look, I don't believe this stuff. You know, we got to wait until the kid. you got to let them go their way. And then at some point, they come on back. No, no, we, 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 no we, 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 ain't, we ain't raising up that. That's not what we're raising up. No, 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 no. So David, David goes over to his dad, send them over there to the army. He says, look. He said, son, I want you to go over there. I want you to find out. Uh, Take some food. I want you to find out how everything's going. So he goes over there, and David hears Goliath. Now, everybody else is running, scared of the giant, scared. David hears this guy threatening the people of God, and David says, whoa, 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 whoa. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine talking and taunting the armies of the living God? See, for David, it was a God thing. It was always a God thing with David. And so David, now watch this. Watch this. We're gonna do, can I get seven minutes? Seven minutes and then we'll be done, okay? Don't start. Don't, don't start the clock yet. Wait, wait, till, wait till I tell you to start the clock. Then you start it. Don't start yet. Okay. Number one, watch this. Don't be, here's, here's some points we can learn from the story of David. Watch this, real quick. This, this is how to defeat your giants. Number one, don't be intimidated Concerning your problem. I don't care what you're dealing with. Don't let that intimidate you. Don't let your giant intimidate you. David said in and, 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 uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 26, you read it, it's up there. He, David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, What shall be done for the man who killed the Philistine and take away the approach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So, un- so understand something here understand this you cannot allow yourself to be intimidated by your problem no matter what problem or situation that you're dealing with everybody look this way it's okay let's stay on the word if the word has been spoken we stay here second point watch this look at the giant of your problem with faith or look at your problem through the eyes of faith and not fear for God has not given us the spirit of what fear but love power and a what sound mind so if you're going to defeat your dying you can't be intimidated by your giant your problem so you say well how am I going to handle this problem listen you got to confront it what are you what are you scared of if God be for you who can be against you what are you afraid of I don't care what my problem well you don't know understand my problem is Pastor? God knows and it don't matter what you're dealing with don't be intimidated and don't walk in fear the third point, watch this. we only got six of these and we're done. I said seven minutes, so now y'all can start the clock. <laughs> All right. Number three, recount the battles that God had already brought you through. Now watch this. Now look. You look at um uh, first Samuel chapter number, uh, chapter 17, verses 34 through 37. Now understand, David recognized, see a lot of things, you may ask yourself, no, 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 before you look at the scripture, look look up at me. Some of the things that you're going through in your life, will you please hear me? A lot of stuff you go through, God is making a testimony out of your life. He's building a ministry out of your life. You look at it as something I'm going through like it's, it's, it's the worst thing in the world. I shouldn't be going through this. But perhaps what you're going through is exactly what you need to go through in order for God to take you where he wants you to be. So, so some of the battles that you're battling and you're dealing with, now, yeah, yeah some of it is self-inflicted. All right? So there's grace for that, too. You know, it might might delay things a little bit because some of us is hard headed. We just don't get it quick. But 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 understand that God is building something. So so watch what David does. When David gets challenged, David is basically told you can't defeat the giant because you're just a little boy. You're too young. This guy has been fighting. He's a champion. You cannot defeat that giant. But watch what David says in faith. He says, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, watch this, I went out after it and I struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose again against me, I caught it by its beard and I struck and I killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Then he had defiled the armies of the living God. Did, did, did you get that? David, so here's, here's why that's what we tell you all the time, write stuff down. When God bless you, when he does things in your life, write it down. Because you'll need that for food. when you, because trust me, you're going to have some battles coming up. And one of the good things you can do is be able to look back and say what God's brought me from. You see, what happens is when you're facing a giant, what happens is that giant, sometimes if you stare at that giant too long, that giant becomes magnified in your mind. And when that giant becomes magnified, then God, who's supposed to be on the throne, he gets demoted in your mind. And that giant becomes, he, he sits on the throne and, and he blinds you to everything else that God did in your life. And we forget, you know, we should be thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, um, I got this problem today. I'm dealing with this financial problem. I'm dealing with this marital problem. I'm dealing with this monetary problem. I'm dealing with this sickness in my body. I'm dealing with all these issues. Um, but, you know, as I think back in my life, God brought me through a lot of stuff. In fact, I remember when I had to go through this problem, God brought me out. I remember when my marriage was about to go down the tubes, God did a miracle. See, I remember when I was broke, I had no money. I was trying to figure out how I was going to eat. And God somehow provided for me, and I am still here. Look at the neighbor and say, I'm still here. He's here. See, so, how so, so God know God is, God is working. And David instantly, he went back to everything that God had brought him through. And that gave him strength to be able to face his giant with faith. And David said he stood and he confronted that giant. But watch this. Resolve in your mind that the battle, watch this, this is the next point. Resolve in your mind that the battle is the Lord's. Now watch this. Now now where do we get that from? Look at 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 47. You got it? Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So whatever it is that you're confronted with, watch this. Understand that it's not your fight. Not if you turn it over to God. The battle belongs to God. Well, you know, I'm going through this. I don't know how the battle belongs to God. You know, the doctor gave me I don't know how much time to live. The battle belongs to God. I got this situation, Pastor. You know what I'm The battle belongs to the Lord. David made it plain. David said, let me tell you something, Goliath. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to, I'm going to face you, the giant. I'm going to defeat you because God is going to make sure it happens. Remember, it's not about your strength. It's not about your power. It's about him. It's about God and what he will do through you. If you will believe, all you have to do is, oh, okay, God, I'm going to believe you. Some of you, you're dealing with some stuff right now. you think, okay, how am I going to get through this? Believe. First, do what God's word says because, you know, you got to do that. Because somehow we want to try to circumvent what God's word says and try to get a positive result. Now, we, we got to deal with the word. We got to be obedient. But then when we come to that point where we've done everything we know to do. Then you just need to stand. Okay, Lord, I did this. I followed your word. I did what you said. But God, God this is still raging. I don't know. Then just go ahead. Just say, Lord, it belongs to you. This battle is yours. I'm just going to stay here. I'm not going to move, God. I'm just going to believe you and know that I'm going to come through. Number five. We got six. Number five, confront your giant with crazy faith. Now, what do I mean with crazy faith, Pastor? Well, look at verse number 48 in, in, uh, in Numbers chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 17. So it was when the Philistine rose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Wait a minute. You would think that that little young boy, when he saw his Goliath, that he would have been like, Oh, gosh, okay, he would have kind of like tiptoed. The Bible says that he hurried toward the giant. See, sometimes what we do is we, we don't want to confront our giants. So we duck. We hide. The bill collector calling. We duck. We hide. Hey, oh, here he come, here he come. We duck and we hide. You need to run like David. David David ran toward that giant. and, And I mean, he went at it. He said, I'm not running. I'm not intimidated by you because my God is with me. My God is with me. My God will see me on to victory because I trust in him. So confront your giant with crazy faith. Like David, just run toward it and say, I'm not going to be intimidated. I'm not going to run anymore. I'm going to confront this problem, and God is going to get the glory, which is my last point. When God brings you through it, you make sure to give God the glory. Because, you know, God says, I will not share my glory with nobody. And so, with God, you know, and God loves to do stuff in people. You want, God to, you want God to do great things in you, resolve in your mind to make sure that every time that God bless you, that you tell somebody what God did. It's always about what God did. If you're skilled, it's because God. If you, if you look good, it's because God gave you the good looks. If you can live in a great neighborhood, it's because God bless you. Make sure that wherever you go, when you, you hear people start talking about the I thing all the time, I, 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 God ain't, God ain't in that. It's about what he's doing. So here's what I purpose to do in my life, to make sure that when God blesses me, that everybody need to know that God did it. And I am where I am. I'm blessed because God chose to bless me. And we make sure that God gets all the glory for what he's doing in our lives. Because if you stay, if you stay faithful and you keep the faith, he will bring you out. If you walk in the faith and you believe in him, but make sure that you give him the glory. Because let me tell you something. When when folks don't want to give God the glory, you limit what God will do through you. God ain't gonna do a whole lot through you when you won't give him the glory. He ain't going to do it. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. He's going to cap you. But boy, if you just, the more glory you want to give God, the sky's the limit. Because every time you turn around, look, look what God did. Look what God did. And if somebody's flowing in the spirit, they won't get jealous. But if they got an issue with you, then they got a problem. Because if you're flowing in the spirit, hallelujah, thank the Lord. You Glory to God. Then I know if he bless you, It'll come back to me. It could come right back to me. So, so I learned to rejoice when other people have success. You know, because if God bless one, he'll bless me too. If I just walk in obedience, and I ain't doing it because I'm just trying to get stuff from God. I just want to be used by God. I want, I, want to, I want to hear those faithful words when he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That's all I want to hear when I leave this planet. I want to, I want to face Jesus and say, that's after I finish crying and weeping and, and you know, just, just, you know, just glory. If I go through all of that, I want to be able to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Oh, gosh, I crave for those words. So you facing your giants. I don't know what your problem is. I don't know what your situation is. But you all got giants on various levels. Everybody got a, a giant or a demon or something that they're dealing with. God has given you a remedy. We have to come to a place that you know who he is and that you will trust him and obey him and believe him no matter how difficult the situation is. Because when you believe God and you trust God, and you walk with God, God will bring about the victory. He will do it in such a way that everybody else would know that God did it. And that's what you want. Amen? Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.